Need to create a complex enterprise Angular application? Angular Bootcamp is an intensive three-day workshop class to learn the basics of Angular through sophisticated techniques for real-world applications. We target Angular 6 and the recent versions with much of the curriculum is suitable back to Angular 2. Or go beyond the three-day class with a consultation or project launch with Oasis Digital, the team behind Angular Bootcamp. We can assist your team or launch your project with advanced Angular topics including scalability, data flow, state management, full stack product design, and more. Contact us for a private class at your location or buy a ticket for public classes in various cities around the U.S. and occasionally in Europe. Online live instructor training is also available at angularbootcamp.com. Welcome back, everybody, to Adventures in Angular. And today I'm your host, John Papa, and we've got our co-host, Alyssa. Hey, everybody. Glad to be here. Joe Eames. Not a co-host, by the way, in case anybody was wondering. I have no hosting responsibilities whatsoever. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like an anti-host, in fact. And the amazing, incomparable, infamous Ward Bell. Hello, everyone. And today, uh, our topic is going to be talking about Webpack Build to the Angular CLI, doing a custom one. And our guest is Martin. Martin, would you like to introduce yourself? Hey, what's up? So my name is Martin, but people usually call me Jakey. And I have been working with Angular for approximately three years in Exponia, which is a software as a service company. And we have a one large Angular application and one small, smaller Angular application. Nowadays, I usually work on the smaller application and I can test a lot of ideas there. And I usually write interesting blog posts. Well, Martin or Jakey, you, you have a last name or something? Because there aren't a lot of Jakeys, but there are some Martins out there. My last name is actually, I mean, in Slovak, it's Jakubik. I have no idea how to pronounce that in English. Just like you said it. Ah. Jakubik. Okay. But I, I still prefer Jakey. Jakey it is. All right. So we'll call you Jakey on this one. We were just joking around earlier before the podcast that Alyssa likes to be called Vin Diesel, right? <laughs> yes. It's because we look so much alike. <laughs> um, I actually wanted to ask you, Jakey, about uh, you said that you have a large application and a small application. You're working on the smaller one. What makes it small? Is it the user base? Is it the application itself is small? It's both. Uh, the application is... 12 lines of code. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it has just one module and just, I'm, I don't know, 10 or 20 components. It's really small. And the user Wait, base is Only one Angular module? Yes. That's, that's terrible. <laughs> you should have 40 to 50 Angular modules. Exactly. Okay. The, okay. the ratio is about one module per 12 lines of code. That's the ideal ratio. For real. Ward, how many modules do you need? Let's, let's get real. You can't have enough <laughs> modules. You can't. Um, all right. So for those Ward, of you who need to have a module standoff. <laughs> exactly. If, you, if you've been following the Twitter thing, yeah. you can see this whole thing going off. Joe actually went off. On how much he hates God, un unhinged about modules? Lost, about modules, lost it, totally what? lost it. So I'm sorry, Jakey. We had to throw that into the, <laughs> into the Joe. Are you on the pro module side or oh, the God? No, I'm an anti modulist. <laughs> That's the thing. 
right? <laughs> oh God. Okay. Okay. Uh, this is Sorry. a perfect application for you because it has just one. Just one module. Awesome. Actually, that's that's actually a great topic then because we were one of the things we were discussing on Twitter, which we can bring into the show here, is when you're building an application with one module, uh, how do you, how do you design it? Um, how did that work out? Especially your build structure. So I'd love to hear. You know, start us from the beginning. What's your application look like? What's it do? Well, the application is actually quite special. At Exponia, we allow our users to make small visual modifications on their website. And my Angular application is an edi editor for these experiments. So it has to run in an iframe on the user's website. And it, it all it does is it allows the user to edit the experiment. So it allows him to click on an element and change the color, for example, just like, like optimize. Is it like a CMS kind of, or not really? No, it, it's it's like Google Optimize, if you know what it is. Okay. So you the user just sees a top bar, and he can select elements on the on the web page and perform some modifications. Okay. And the application itself itself is really simple. So every every component and every service is in that one module. Wow. How many components and services and things do you think you have, just to get a sense of how large this app, as far as those things is considered? I'd say that there are less than 10 services and around 20 components at most. Okay. So when we talk about sizes of applications, I think everything's relative for everybody. When we say small, medium, and large, we've talked about that in the past on the shows. But I feel personally, maybe you should go around real quick, do, do everybody else feel like that's a decent size for a one module application? Yeah, that sounds, that, yeah that sounds <laughs> No, I, 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 that makes perfect sense. You know, at that size, uh, a single root module, there's no. There's no routing. There's no nothing. Um, and these days, when you can put four root on um, your Just saying, angry, I am Groot. I am Groot. Yes, you can either do that, or you can put four root on the injectable, uh, so that you don't actually have to provide it. So the mess, a lot, you know, a lot of messiness in the Angular module is not there. Uh, I don't know if you're using the four root injectable uh, parameter. Yes. Are you? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. right. That, that doesn't that clean things up nicely. Mm -hmm. um, so to be, to be clear, or just to make sure folks get it, you're talking about the injectable four root, not the four root function. So the routing thing, right? So true. Uh, yeah. So let's let me be more precise. You go when you put at injectable, and then you give it. A an object and you say provided shoot, what is it? Provided, provided in, and then you give it the word root. And I somehow managed to push all that down and say provided for root. I don't know why. Anyway, uh that's what I meant. And it's a relatively new feature last six months. And um it just means that you don't have to remember to provide your add your uh, service to a pro, uh, the providers array of the angular module um, uh, and it just makes things a little tidier even joe would like it mm -hmm. I, I do like for it it's <laughs> it is nice and clean i do too uh i think it's a it's a nice change i was a little skeptical at first i think we asked a lot of questions to the angular team and uh, i think they've responded pretty well by showing that it's a it's a nicer cleaner way to inject services into your application 
Wait, how new is it? Uh, I'm going to guess three or four months old, so maybe June, July. Okay. I'm I'm totally stubbing this off my memory, which is not great, but <laughs> June, July. July. Okay. June, no, June, July. It was right in the middle of June. June, July. Thank you. <laughs> yep. And uh, Jakey, are you using that in your application or are you using a mixture of the old style and the new style? Currently, I'm using the new style. And actually, I learned about it only because I migrated to the CLI. And each time I generated a new service, the CLI used this, injected in root. I Initially, I had no idea what that means. And then I started using it, and it's better. Yeah, there, there are places you can't use it. You can't use it for multi-providers, so far as I know. And uh, I'm leery of using it when I'm trying to swap, you know, provide a specific implementation for something else. Even though it should work, I just, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't turned the corner <laughs> on that one yet. And Ward, you made a comment that I think, I'm not sure I entirely agree with, so I'd like to clarify, because uh, you and I never agree. <laughs> but uh, when you mentioned, let's say we've got 20 components and 20 services or, or whatever we have, uh, and there's no routing, that's okay to have one module. I would even go as far to say, even if you had a little routing in an app that size, it's still okay to have one module in there. How do you feel about that? If the routing is simple, the routing configuration is simple, I and I, then do it. I do it in my apps too. If I don't have any complexity, I yeah. just um, uh, this was part of the discussion. When 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 the configuration gets bigger, as it does in most applications, uh, and with lazy loading and guards and things like that, um, I, to me, the I try and keep my Angular modules like they're a packing list or something. They're kind of an inventory of what's supposed to be done. They're a manifest. And as soon as I start putting all that kind of stuff in there, I can't see really what that, you know, it, then it, now it's doing two things and I don't like it. Um, so that's why I break it out. And that's why we, well... I don't want to go down that whole road, but that's that's the thinking. Um, so yeah, I've got plenty of um, modules that don't have much in the way of routing, and I throw that right in there. Cool. So Webpack, uh, you're talking about doing a web, uh, sorry, a custom Webpack build in your application, Jakey. Uh, I assume that meant that the CLI builds that came out of the box weren't enough, so you had to add plugins or loaders or do something different than the CLI did for you. Could you explain what that is and kind of how you what the challenge was and how you solved it? Well, I'm a perfectionist, so I don't think I was doing anything special. And I think I could have used the CLI from the start. But initially, I just wanted to have full control over the build. And I also wanted to learn how Webpack works. So I just learned, uh, I mean, I used Webpack with a lot of plugins and a lot of configuration. And then the configuration got very, really messy because I split it into multiple files. And several months into the project, I no longer remembered how I set it all up. So it was really buggy, really messy. And I wanted to just work on the application and not the build system. So I had to migrate to CLI. Hmm. Okay. So why did you start? Really? Like the default is to just use the CLI. What made you decide... I'm not going to use the CLI. I'm going to start like, a project. like he's one brave soul. <laughs> yeah, like this is because this is like an Iron Man thing, right? You know, I think it's more a pain thing. I just want to like stick a hot needle in my head. Oh my God, Ward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did it just because I wanted to learn how, 
how Webpack works and how the whole build system works. And actually, the Angular CLI uses Webpack under the hood, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for version six and yeah, in the recent versions. I'm curious. So, was step one for you then when you made this choice? You're like, it doesn't do exactly what it wants. So, I want to see how it works. Did you use the ng eject to, to pull it out and take a look? I don't actually remember. I think I didn't. I started from scratch. Gotcha. Okay. And I'm curious because every time I've played with Webpack, this, like, I love Webpack, but I also hate it. I have this love hate relationship with it. <laughs> Whenever I use Webpack, I usually end up with like 400 lines of configuration. <laughs> it makes my head spin. Um, how did you keep yourself straight by, by going through all that? Or did you not have that? Well, initially, the configuration was very simple. And I was adding more and more plugins and more and more configuration. And then I actually switched the project into a monorepo. So I had to split the configuration into multiple files and into a separate Git repository. And yeah, that's why I finally migrated to the CLI because the configuration got really, really messy. Well, the configuration is still really messy. It's just the CLI is hiding it for you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I wondered that. I was wondering, I was like, so is there a bunch of config we're not seeing? It's just tucked away. Yeah, really. You could be sure of it, Alyssa. And, and it's more than that. It's also generating files on the fly, um, mm-hmm. like your Karma configs. And, you know, all, all, there's all kinds of things that is are being created for you based on its reading of the um, of your application. That um, So it's some combination of those things and Webpack configuration that... Um, uh, you know, it's wonderful when it works, but if it doesn't work, I wouldn't know what to do. And so Jakey here, <laughs> Jakey here must know something about how, to, how that all goes together. Yeah, that's why I did it. So now that I play with Webpack, I know approximately what CLI does for me. So I can appreciate all the magic. Now, you did this on your, your so-called small application. Are you doing that also for your big application? What was the big? How big is big? Well, the big application is enterprise level application and it has, I don't know, maybe a hundred modules or where a lot of components and services. And for that application, well, it is very old. So we still are using Gulp and Webpack and a bunch of other tools and the build system needs a rework, but there was no time yet. We would like to migrate to Angular CLI also with the with this application, but not yet. Well, you had me at a hundred modules. Now suddenly, I'm feeling so much better. <laughs> well, that's complex. So the, I mean, I assume you've got like fifty or sixty modules in there to manage that complexity, right? Yeah, because that's the only way to manage complexities with modules. Yeah, <laughs> that's not. That was. That's being that's Joe being crazy facetious. Facetious, yeah, that's the word for it. <laughs> you know, as soon as yeah, you're right, Joe. As soon as <laughs> <laughs> only had a way to manage this complexity. Add more modules. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and if you don't know what to do, just add one more module. <laughs> So when you started taking your app from this custom config that you were doing to the CLI, was that, was that hard? 
Yeah. I think it t- took me one whole day. Wow. To from Webpack to CLI. Oh, that's like not what I was, I was, I was expecting like, yeah, a month later, <laughs> we had it figured out. Oh. Just one day because the application is so simple. It has just one module and the, the file, direct, the file structure I used was very similar to the one generated by the CLI. Yeah, I think that's a lot of it, right? Is file pathing to me is one of the hardest things our industry struggles with is if you can get the file paths right for what tools are looking for, these kind of migrations aren't so bad. The other thing, because I've done this process myself, going from straight web pack to CLI, and I've also went from system.js config to CLI. And the ones that were smooth for me were the ones where I wasn't doing anything that the CLI wasn't already doing. So it's not like I had to reinvent some new loader for Webpack. Uh, where it's been harder for me is when I had to do something that the CLI does not do out of the box. Uh, for example, adding in a comment at the top of each, in uh, doing a build for production, we'd like to add a comment sometimes at the top of each file that says copyright, Acme Corporation, whatever. Something like that, maybe because legal, if your company wants that. Uh, so doing something like that, I found to take more time, uh, still possible, but that itself was um, having to figure out, okay, how does Webpack add loaders? And then then on top of that, figuring out how does the CLI handle Webpack so I can add this in there. Did you do anything that like that that had to have Webpack uh, kind of stretch its boundaries a little bit with the Angular CLI? Hey, before you uh, answer that question, I want to reiterate something that John said. File paths. That is literally like, that's got to be 90% of fixing any piece of configuration is just getting a file to be in the right spot that it's looking for. If you ever do configuration tooling, if you ever work on tooling, number one thing you need to do is help people figure out, do they have their their stuff in the right directory or the right file name? That is so true. Sorry, now, now answer John's question. I'm glad you agree. <laughs> I sometimes feel like I'm alone there, so thanks. Yeah, so the, as you said, file paths in my project were very similar. So I just had to move a couple of files and the file structure was already the same as a new generated project by the CLI. And I think the only parts that were different in my application was the testing framework for unit tests and for integration tests. For unit tests, I wanted to use Mocha. And for integration tests, I used Cypress. So I had to configure the CLI as slightly differently to support them. So is this something that, under what circumstances would you recommend this to anyone as an approach? Or when would it, when might it become necessary? Do you mean migrating from Webpack to the CLI? No, the other way. I mean, uh, you know, uh, doing your own Webpack configuration for your Angular app these days? I would only recommend it if you want to learn how Webpack works and what sort of magic is the CLI doing for you. And then only if you actually need to customize the build to do something that the CLI does not. I wouldn't okay. recommend it to do just because you want to have Webpack because the CLI in version six is very powerful and it can so, do a lot of things for you. So for someone who's never had to customize a build, um, can you guys answer like, what if you, what like John was saying, you want to add like a watermark or something to each file, but 
like, do you have to stop using the CLI just, just to add something on, or do you just add that something on and you're still, I, I'm just confused on how that works. So am I. So, <laughs> so are a lot of people. I just like, I don't know what you do. I've been, I, I, I don't know what the boundaries are. I know you're not allowed to do some things. I don't know what they are. And it, and I'm just glad that I don't have to know, but I'm curious. I would, I thought you, you did like experiments with custom building things. No, you, you don't do that word. That's not you. No, 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 I can't. I, I I'm helpless there. <laughs> just so I can frame this, Alyssa, are you asking if I took the English CLI approximately uh-huh. and what I would do normally is just eject the webpack configuration or just, you know, there's no eject anymore, but you could just take the webpack configuration out. How would you, are you asking how you would customize that? Yeah. I mean, does that mean that you have to stop using all the cool features that we get? Or are you tacking this extra thing that you're doing onto everything we already get? You don't need to lose all the features that you get, but you do lose the the ng build part uh, because you're, you've now elected to step out of that place that they had it. Uh, this is as far as Webpack and Angular CLI goes. Uh, and then at that point, you're just running the Webpack config. But what they do, and I could run this real quick to see, once you pull out of using it, instead of running ng build, what they do is uh, they rewrite your npm scripts that used to say npm run build, which effectively just called ng build for you. They rewrite that with the longer command that calls webpack to go do it. So you don't lose the ability to build. It's just they they stop abstracting it from you. So And they give you the command that lets it run it for you. But this assumes, obviously, that you have a reason for using webpack directly and that you probably know what the heck you're doing. Uh, <laughs> right? And you're going into webpack and you're basically saying, I don't want to just press the button to start my car. I want to build the engine and see how it's going to work. Okay. That's, and, that's and kind of my take on it. What happened to eject? It doesn't eject anymore? There is no ng eject as version version 6 in the CLI. What do you do? How do you get it out of there? Huh. That is a good question. What I've done is gone into the node modules and pulled it out and done it that way. I'm not sure what the official answer is from the Angular team at this point. Uh, but I can just tell you what I have done, and it's probably not great because I like to play with scissors, is I pulled Webpack config out of what's packaged inside of it already. Deploy more, pay less with DigitalOcean, the simplest all-in-one cloud computing platform for developers. Scale and run cloud applications faster and more efficiently with effortless administration tools to robust compute, flexible configurations, networking services, real-time alerts, and rapid provisioning while enjoying industry-leading price-to-performance with a flat pricing structure across all global data center regions at any usage volume. Spend more time building better web apps and less time worrying about managing infrastructure with DigitalOcean. Build your next app on DigitalOcean. Get started with a free $100 credit at do.co slash adventures. Wow, I made you all speechless. I'm just wondering why they why they removed it without a an answer, you know, as to, okay, well now use this or, Hey, just don't, don't, don't eject. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, let me, let me read to you what their message says. The okay. eject command has been temporarily disabled as it is not yet compatible with the new angular JSON format. The new configuration format provides further flexibility to modify the configuration of your workspace without ejecting. Ejection will be re-enabled in a future version and release of the CLI. Have a nice day. Jeez. Angular like JSON format. This is awesome. Oh, that was great. That's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it does go on to say, if you need to eject today, use CLI version 1.7, which, Shemini, oh. 
CLI 1.7, then jump to CLI version 6. They can synchronize the version. So, like, how can I get that voice to read to me at night? (laughs) First, (laughs) you're killing me. First, you have to have a really deep sinus cold, like I do. (laughs) Then inhale a a, a balloon full of helium, kind of. Aww. <laughs> Poor John. So, yeah, I didn't mean to scare you that eject is gone, but I just recently redid my <laughs> Angular CLI course at Plural Site, and I had to eliminate an entire clip about the eject. Wow. Okay. Like, wow, it's gone. What happened to it? Just to I put just it back like, in in a, in a couple of months. <laughs> I know. I was going to say, it sounds like you have to put it back in soon. I thought about that. I was like, maybe I'll just replace my video clip with me reading that little clip from the Angular team. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> I would so tweet about that. Please do. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> so, Jakey, have you, is this any, is all this familiar to you or is this like, uh, <laughs> what do I mean? I, I didn't understand. Oh, I mean, are you, uh, you know, you've lived without eject or you knew about this or, or you knew how to yank it out of there or oh, actually really, I don't care really what I cared about. <laughs> 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 what I <laughs> so scratch that. I don't care what you think. No. I wanna <laughs> I wanna know what kinds of things um you can't do with the CLIs that sort of that would drive you uh, uh to um do your own webpack config because you didn't because you couldn't use the CLI. What are the kinds of things the CLI won't let you do in Webpack? I actually could use the CLI originally, but I chose not to because I wanted to learn how it all works. Right, right, right. And but one of the things you I, said, you, one of the things you said was that now that you know how to do it, um, you you would also know that there are things that you would want to do that way. And I, or maybe I just read that into your statement. Well, now I just use the CLI, and I use all its features except for testing, because for unit tests I set it up to use Mocha, and for integration tests I actually run Cypress completely away from the CLI. Oh, okay. So you can actually run those tools without actually, so you just don't do ng test. You don't use the command ng test. You just have your own test thing and it works just fine. I do ng test. I don't do ng e to e or what is it called? Yeah. Ng e to e, which is what runs uh, the protractor thing. Yeah. 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 It seems like a lot of people are moving over to Cypress IO these days. And I think I've been on three podcasts recently where that keeps coming up. Yeah, I find this kind of like talking to the one person who doesn't have a cell phone. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's you like know, everybody's like, Cypress, man. Have you heard about Cypress? Oh, you wait, wait, you're saying the person with Cypress is the without the phone? Or no, you're no, no. Like, no, the person who's not doing everything through the CLI is the guy without the phone. It's like, wow. <laughs> I didn't even, I had no concept, no clue that life could be like that. I thought we all had to have a cell phone. <laughs> It's it's in the rules, right? You must have a cell phone. <laughs> well, I, I, I confess, I, I I don't know. I mean, now we're getting it. Like, what do you use the CLI for? I use it only for build. I ne- um, Jakey, do you oh. use it for everything? Or do you use it uh, for, um, what do you use it for? What does anybody use the CLI for these days? Well, just so we can come to the podcast and talk about it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I use it for developing and building and and testing unit tests only. Right, but do do you like use all the commands that it has available to you, or you just stick to the build side of things? Well, let me check my package. 
Well, yeah, let's yes. think about, I mean, while you're looking, there's, you can generate a project, you can unit test, end-to-end test, you can do a dev build, a production build, linting, mm-hmm. uh, generating component services and the other 5,000 things you can generate. I'm sure I'm missing some things here. What do yeah, you I guess I, I guess I do the things, but I do I don't use generate, and it's mainly because I never remembered how to do it. And I'm a you know, wait, 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 wait. wait never wait, wait. remember how to use the generate command. Correct. So you write things out by hand because that's easier to remember. No. <laughs> I love that tone that you just took with you. That is amazing. Yes. <laughs> I don't use generate either. You don't write things out by hand. You copy, paste, and you delete a couple of lines. It's it's less work than doing generate. Okay, do I? I forgot. Do I need this flat? Do I not? What direct? Ah, I can copy paste. Gosh, exactly, Joe. Honestly, I mean, I'm I'm embarrassed to say it, but it just mentally is. It feels easier now. Now, the only way I know that it's not easier is because I've watched John do it at. Uh, conference after conference, and he's a wizard with the gen commands and all that stuff. But me, I'm. I, I, if if Joe, you're not kidding, are you? No, I'm are definitely you? not kidding. No, that's his serious voice. Yeah, that's that, my serious voice. I do not use this whole thing on Twitter about modules happened because for the first time I tried to use the CLI for more than just NGNU. That was the first. NGNU is the only wow. thing. I do. CLI. It is. I know. I, I feel like. CLI. Well, ng test, I guess, but that's really npm test. It's. It's. I feel I, like that's amazing, and I would love I'm my brain amazing. to work that way. That. I'm with you. I'm amazing. <laughs> no, you and Ward are just like. Uh, it's almost like you're like I don't even need to generate command. Like, wow. Uh, we fly by the seat of our pants, Ward and I. One of us <laughs> with are on modules, such one a without. Level what pants? What, what? <laughs> no, no. I can't fly by the seat. I don't have pants. <laughs> Jakey, right about now, you're wondering why you came on this podcast, aren't you? <laughs> Correct. <laughs> no, I mean, but let's ask a serious question. When you create, we'll start with you, Jakey. When you create uh, new components. How do you do it? Do you use the CLI? And if not, what do you do? Walk us through. I use the generate command. And but it took me like a week points. to learn how to use it properly. Okay. And do you yeah. generate a separate file for your template styles and uh, TypeScript? Uh, I use it to generate components and services only, I think. Right. But like when you generate a component, do you put yeah. the template in a separate file? Yeah, yeah, I do. yeah, okay. yeah. Because he's not a he's not a plebe, John. He doesn't put everything. Well, that's on. what I'm getting at. Is so <laughs> telling me that when you create a new component, you right click, say new file. Yeah, say new file. Right click, <laughs> say new file. Enter the no, file. No, no, no. He would. He'd have to start off with saying right click new folder, and then he'd have to do new file, new file, new file. What is this? No, or he maybe he copies an other component folder and then change. No, you don't. Ward, tell us the truth. Okay, Alyssa, that's exactly what I do. <laughs> and to be clear, by the way, everyone who's listening, we're all friends here, and we're not trying to shame anybody. We're just—it's true. I think. No, 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 I'm. That's it. I'm out of this podcast. <laughs> no, I'm, sorry. A, I'm not a fan. I don't of mean developer. to sound mean, John. No, you're not. I mean, think, I just want to make sure people listening know that we're just joking with each other. But I, I do think it's true. I've seen Ward create code, and yeah, he creates a folder and adds the files one by one, and so maybe it takes a few extra seconds, but. Really, think about the course of a day. How many components are you really creating? 
And how many seconds do you really lose by that? No, no, I don't think it's, that's not the thing. It's the thing that he can write like the stuff that comes before like the curly braces in a component, but he just writes that from memory. Are you using snippets word? I assume. No, I keep wanting to remember how to do that. But oh I got it. Because <laughs> I know I know a friend of yours who wrote some snippets, by the way, for, for I, I know, I know that friend. <laughs> and you know what? I installed my friend's library and they're there. And if I actually type it, I can see that the intelligence telling me, hey, all you have to do is hit tab and it'll oh do it. Oh my god, you keep typing and I you don't typing. do it. I keep typing. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I'm sure you're not alone, though. I'm sure, and there's nothing wrong with that. I think there's a, there's a club for that at night that you can go to. <laughs> <laughs> no, John, John, seriously, though, do you use the generate command? Like when nobody's looking? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, okay. Oof. Oof. But, you know, I'll tell you, to, to flip this on its head a little bit, uh, I've been doing a ton of work with Vue lately, too, and, and I'm really liking being versed in both. And I've been playing with the CLI with Vue. The first thing that really struck out to me was the one thing that Vue doesn't have that Angular has in the CLI is a generate command for components. And when I started backwards thinking through this, and I don't know for sure why, but I started thinking why it made sense to me, is they don't have as many concepts in Vue as, as Angular does first. They didn't need one for modules and services and components and all that. But in components, they generally tend to use a single file component where everything's in one file. So they don't mm, right. have this split out with styles and templates and code. Uh, so you're really only creating one, you're only doing one right click on a file name anyway. And a lot of people I have I've pair programmed with to do view, they use snippets from somebody like Sarah Drasner, who you just type in a small command and it generates the whole structure for you. So I can see why the CLI in view doesn't do it. And the more I've talked to people with the Angular CLI, the more people I found, honestly, Ward, who are like you, and they use it for everything except ng generate yeah that's it's opening my eyes because i didn't know that there were real humans who could have that kind of memory capacity or maybe you're right maybe most of them are using snippets but i'm just impressed that he's got it all memorized well, not everybody is ward ward is on a level <laughs> hey, don't 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 be too impressed because copy paste is <laughs> you know, that's the memory right the institutional memory is i say Huh, I wonder what component I have that looks kind of like the one I really want to create now. Oh, there's one. You know, I mean, it's really stupid. I do not recommend. <laughs> do not um, do what I do. So you're saying do as I say, not as I do? <laughs> well, I, I've never, you've never actually heard me say it. I just sort of mumbled in the corner. Uh, <laughs> but, but I did, uh, I have to say, watching you with you, John, um, I was also came away with the same, they don't have, Joe's going to cry bitter tears, but they don't have they don't have the equivalent of an Angular module. Um, so uh, really, they do an awful lot of stuff with simple file structures. Nothing has to talk to anything else and all that. And I get the feeling that when Ivy arrives, we're going to be getting closer to that world too. And can you explain what Ivy is to anybody who maybe hasn't caught up? Um, boys and Ivy. No, it's. Uh, <laughs> It's um, Ivy, the fourth version, official fourth version of the um, code uh, uh, component. Renderer. Renderer and generator and all that good stuff. Anyway, it's the thing coming down the pike, the next version of Angular. And it takes a, a, a rather different approach to how we um, build components and how they're rendered and how they're compiled. 
And there's a lot of a lot of simplicity, a lot more simplicity, uh, at least in what I've seen. Um, so so um, That's gonna be, it's all going to make me sad. I'm going to do my best Christopher Walken voice here and say, I got to have more mob, more modules. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Whose voice was good. that? That was kind Walken. of Christopher Walken. It was kind it was, of a Christopher Walken. It was Christopher Walken esque. Yeah, or, or a guy with marbles in his mouth. One of the other. Uh, not Nirvana. We're not talking about the Nirvana band here. Um, so, I, Ivy, I wanted to mention, uh, I did a show, another podcast that I do last week, and Uri Shaked wrote a really killer blog post on it. So if anybody's listening to this and like, what is this, Ivy? Uh, check, check out his latest blog post well, on it. Well, uh, Alyssa, then tell us what it is, because I butchered it. Go ahead, tell us. Yeah, it's going to be the newest uh, renderer for Angular, and everybody's like super excited. It isn't out yet. There are blog posts out there lying to you, saying it's already like being used. It's not. It's out for you to try. And a really cool, like, um, we were on Angular Air. So if you want to go watch the episode, but he was basically trying out IV and showing you how you can try out IV yourself right now. Um, but it, it looks amazing. And you're right. Like it's totally flipping everything upside down. Uh, Kara Erickson, I believe is like the woman who's doing a lot of coding on it. I talked to her personally about it and she's just so brilliant. And she was so inspirational when I was down there hanging out with her. But I'm so excited to see just how my Angular app runs differently. Um, because I know uh, Uri was actually taking us behind the scenes and saying, this is the code that was generated. Here is the code that is now generated. And walk, walking through even things like, have you seen like the theta E or theta T, like these little like uh, function calls like that are being generated behind the scenes, like build out your component. So he's like walking us through what each of these means and how much cleaner, like even just debugging your code is going to be because of just the simplicity of the code behind the scenes. And so I'm super excited about it, but I don't think we have a promised date. Like I, I don't, I'm not sure. Like I, I've been talking to different people and, and nobody, nobody knows. Then correct me if I'm wrong. Like, does anybody have a <laughs> secret heads up on when it'll actually be incorporated? And the well, big thing is Ivy that I keep... everybody in the audience, if I knew I'd have to say it here and then I'd have to go out <laughs> and track down all of our listeners. <laughs> So Alyssa, since you've been kind of learning about Ivy lately on this and talking to them, the big question everybody I talk to always has is, what does this mean for my existing code? Do I have to make any changes? What do I have to do to get there? Is there a big change coming? So we actually asked Uri that on the show, and the, <laughs> it was kind of a fun answer. It was uh, the Angular team is working so that there should be minimal changes because that is their promise. Um, but... Really, he didn't have a great answer, and I don't either. I know that Peter Bacon Darwin. I know that Peter Bacon Darwin, and I'm actually slacking him right now about it, um, is we're on something called NGCC, um, which is for your third-party libraries. Um, you run it through, and it changes the config files to, I think, DTS, so that the new Ivy renderer can read it, Like, and so it's like compatible. So I know he's working on things like on that, which is huge for like, I work for um, Kendo UI. And so obviously it's like, what's going to have to change for our library and will people have to download a different version for like, if they're using Ivy versus not using Ivy. So I still haven't got those questions answered. And I, John or Ward or Joe or anybody here knows, like I'd love to hear. Um, Cause I'm still pondering what that means for us as a community. But. My hope is that all we have to do is run ng update. Mm. 
with the CLI, which is why I thought that was the most profound thing that they introduced in the CLI in version six. Yeah, I, I, that's my hope as well. But I know that for your third party things, there's already going to need to at least run a command to change up the configs. So, yep. So back to Martin, uh, we've been, we started off talking about your small app and your, your larger app and the custom webpack builds. I forgot we had a guest. Oh, <laughs> sorry, Jakey, not Martin, Martin. Oh, yeah, Jakey. <laughs> so I, something I really love to ask you, and I hope this isn't necessarily on your topic webpack, but the differences between your small app and your large app, I'm kind of curious, what kind of architectural decisions did you make that were different between those two? I just wanted to mention really quick, uh, I was just looking for the source code of the application and I noticed that I have a special component in the application called template and it's it's only there so I can copy it and create new components. And I used it before <laughs> I knew the generic command existed. Oh, that's so good. I have some of those too. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You're all going to come to my VS Code tips video. We're doing one every night. Well, you should add this to your tips, John. Instead of teaching people to generate, you should say, or you can create a folder with prototype <laughs> component. Oh my God. Just copy oh my God. it and rename it. And, and Yeah. For yeah. All those of you who get paid by the hour or the line of code, let's go. <laughs> I know I got a new idea for a talk for you, John. The CLI can do that, and all it is is Control C, Control V. <laughs> oh, wow! can do that. Oh, that's good. Yeah. How I write apps: take another app, copy, <laughs> rename, copy paste, Control that's Shift wrong. F. You know that's we've all done key, that. Who the key tool is, I use. Anybody who's been more than five minutes in the technology industry for software design. <laughs> copy-paste thing. I mean, come it's on. worse than that, John. I am still deleting demo lines out of code of my regular app. <laughs> I, have, I say, oh my God, that's leftover from that demo I did with John. You know, I, I the late the other day, this is true story. Um, I increased the performance of my app like by a, an entire second. And how did I do it? I found that I had some demo code in there that added a second of latency so that you could simulate a, a slow connection and i put oh that in goodness. production oh. Oh, and so the simulated latency was in the production code as well it was adding an extra second on top of it, <laughs> it actually took oh to call the That's a, i'm so proud of you for finding that and not it's not still in there <laughs> so i'd be even more proud of you if you put that in the production and then went back the day later and said i noticed it's been slow let me make this one minor change Oh, look, look how much better it is now. I so wanted to do that. <laughs> oh, I my so, God. But you know what? This is, this, this kind of, I don't know about you guys, but this kind of stuff does creep into the uh, uh, production code. Um, that's the great thing about copy and paste. Anything can come up. So in real life scenario, I had that happen to me at a company I worked at where somebody put, not exactly a, del a second delay, but something like that in a production. We had a rule though is, you know, Okay, things like that happen, but if it happens once, make sure you put that into our CI build so it actually finds it, strips it out, and you know, so it never happens again. So we had uh, we did have different tools we run against our code base to look for that exact kind of pattern in the future. Oh, that's smart. Although, how time consuming is it to add something to the CI build? Uh, it, 
Not too bad. I mean, sometimes things like that, like one time we put a process exit in the production in Node, and you really shouldn't do that because uh, we were doing a test run on something. But uh, after that, we're like, hey, we can search for these words in the Node files and put it in. Probably took us three hours to do that one. But I would say, how costly okay. if the same bug happens twice? Right. Happens, no, absolutely. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> happens once, it's like, ah, it's a mistake. Happens twice, it's like, dude. Well, and I think three hours is acceptable. I just, I have no idea on that, that kind of thing. So I'm like, is that a day long task? Is that, okay. Uh, so it's three hours if you have a CI process. If you don't have a CI process, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Creating a new one would be, yeah, I get you. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know how many of you have the word console.log in your actual code. Hey, there's no need to be throwing stones, Ward. We're all friends here. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Right Click. <laughs> so I love my console log. Who cares? <laughs> also, how many to do delete this line? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, I got yeah, yeah, fixed so many bugs because of that. You know, it's funny. I actually saw, I was looking through the VS Code Marketplace the other day just for some interesting extensions. And there's an extension in there which will find to do lines for you so you don't leave them in, which I thought was kind of creative, you know, so you don't miss out with that stuff. Nice. Okay, Jakey, I want to ask you a question about your app. You said it right back in the beginning, something about an iframe. Mm -hmm. Now, um, tell me why you got one of those in there and what you're doing with it. Well, the point of this application is to be able to run on any, any hosting website. For example, you have an eShop, which is a separate website, and my application needs to run on top of it. It is injected by a small JavaScript code. And I wanted to make sure that the CSS and the JavaScript of my application does not collide with the hosting website. So originally I tried to use the Shadow DOM and I had a lot of problems with the support and how to make it work in a lot of browsers. And also the CSS was not separated. So the style of the hosting website would break my editor. So I had to finally put my application inside an iframe and the iframe has to be on the same how do you call it, same domain to be able to access the parent website. And it actually works really well. Well, thank you, Martin, Jakey. Ah, sorry, I keep doing that to you. Thanks for uh, coming on for us. We have a segment at the end of the show here. We all go around the table and we announce our picks. And usually they are either technical or they could be anything that we just want to share with everybody. Is your job search stuck? Maybe you're not getting any interviews with employers. Or maybe you are, but no job offers. Or you may be new and not even know where to start. This is Charles Maxwood, and I'm releasing a new course and ebook on how to find a job as a software developer. The course walks you through the process of finding the types of companies you want to work for, getting their attention, and putting your best foot forward as the candidate they want. I've coached dozens of developers in looking for jobs and have been able to help several people find jobs within two weeks to two months. So whether you're new to development, can't find a great job that fits what you want, or are looking for remote work from an area without a strong tech community, I can help. Go to getacoderjob.com and sign up today. So why don't we start with you, Alyssa? What is your picks? Okay, so I don't know if it's acceptable. You can boo me if you disagree. But I want to do a question as my pick because I want to know if this thing that I've read about online is true because I know you can't always trust the internet. Um, so <laughs> I read that 
in Angular 7, there's going to be an NPM package called Angular Mine. And it's so that you can mine Bitcoins while your app is running. Is this true? Can we get a true or false on this? Does anybody? Nobody? Nobody's heard this rumor? It got me. Uh, <laughs> I haven't heard that. Doesn't mean it's not true, but I've never heard that. I just was like, why are that's, they? That's like a better than a one second delay on a production app. You can just steal, just do that in your production app. Just steal, we're, while the user isn't typing, we're going to mine some bit code. I want that in my. Like, okay, so there was an article last week in NG Newsletter. It was their top article. And in that article, it was outlining what's coming up in Angular 7. And that was the article that I was like, what? No, this is not happening. Really? That so was I just, the April Fool's edition, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not April, so <laughs> I just want to know. Okay, so none of you have heard of it, so there's a good chance that it's not real. That's what I'm I'm going to lean towards right now. I'd love to see that article that you're speaking of. So please, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll get sure. the link. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd <laughs> love to see it uh, No, that was just the question. So that's that's it. <laughs> all right, we'll head over to you, Jakey. Do you have any picks? Well, first of all, I would like to thank you all for hosting me here because this is my first ever podcast in my life. And oh, I would no. like to... Yeah. Oh, oh I'm so sorry. They... <laughs> <laughs> well, welcome, Jakey. But I'm so sorry. This is not... Oh, gosh. <laughs> they're much. They're usually much more... Okay, whatever. <laughs> Glad to have you. Yeah, so I would like to push anyone that is listening to also try to present his work more. And I would actually like to uh, challenge everyone to learn how to cook because that is what I'm currently doing and it's really fun. Oh, finally, I would like to uh, let people know about our blog on Medium. It's called Bratislava Angular. Can you put that link in the show notes? We'll make sure everybody gets that shared out uh, right here in the the chat window. I'd like to ask you, what, what is your favorite thing to cook? Well, I'm just learning. So um, currently it's just any sort of meat, beef rice. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say he's learned to boil water. You know, you got to start somewhere. (laughs) Meat is good. By the way, if you ever cook for Ward, he just wants the meat. Don't cook it. Oh, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. All right, Ward, (laughs) what are your picks? Well, I'm pasting it in the uh, show notes here. It's, um, of course, it's called... Uh, how to cut and paste? How to cut and paste for beginners? Are you cutting and pasting that? I just cut and paste. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best I got for you today. All right, is that that your only picks? That's my only pick. All right, you have to read the article in order to know how to copy and paste it into the uh, into the show notes. Well, that is, you got. It. Oh, you're so right. Jake. <laughs> you're not even going to be. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, good. So my picks today, uh, there is an article out by a friend of mine, a colleague, Brian Holt. It's called 11 Tips to Scale Node. And I'll put the link out here. I love this article. It's something that uh, I helped review that he put together with some other folks. And it gives you some great tips on how to scale and write quality Node.js code. And some of this stuff you're probably already doing, but there's, there's some good amount of real life lessons in this post. Yeah, so definitely check this out, Brian Holt, 11 tips for writing good node code for scaling. 
The second thing I'd like to point out was something that I relearned recently, which I had forgotten, to be very honest. With NPM, sometimes in NPM scripts, and Joe wrote a course on NPM scripts, by the way, for Pluralsight, so he'd know this. With NPM scripts, you can run anything, basically. So you could say NPM run foo, and if you have a foo script in your package JSON, it'll run whatever commands you have. But sometimes you need to pass parameters to the underlying thing in the scripts. And with NPM, you can simply do NPM run foo, whatever that thing is, and then do space dash dash space, and then pass the parameters in. And it basically uh, has a pass-through, which passes those into your underlying command. And that's really cool. Uh, Yarn does this out of the box, which is one of the reasons I forgot NPM had a way of doing this. But I relearned that recently, and I'll put a link to uh, something that shows exactly how this works. It takes a lot less time to actually look at it than it does to explain it, so hopefully everybody can pick this up from the link. Alyssa, we wanted to come back to you. Did you figure <laughs> that out? <laughs> Are you saying the mine thing? The Angular mine? The article. Did you find the article link? Yeah, no, I just I posted it in the chat, and I took a screenshot of the paragraph. Uh, I just wanted, sometimes I just need people to guide me and say, stop reading things online. You know, I don't know. Maybe it's real. <laughs> I'm reading that now and I have to believe that's a joke. It is. Very oh, okay. okay. I mean, if it's true, it's really sick. But if it's not true, it's very funny. Yeah, it's actually in the article. Yeah. So it's at the end, it says, here's the four main new features for Angular. The new NG <laughs> compiler, Angular core splitting, AI store. And the last one is Angular Mine. <laughs> yeah. Basically, it says it's going to mine Bitcoin during your app performance. And I, nobody can see it. <laughs> <laughs> Completely hidden from the user's eyes. <laughs> I was like, this, there's no way this is real. I don't know. Maybe I don't want to say things to insult people because what if it is real? But there's no way, right? Hey, like, there'll be egg on all of our faces if that's real. <laughs> I'm reading it. There's not even a comment on this article anywhere. So... Okay. Okay. Well, here's, a, a here's, a, here's a hint for us, Alyssa. The name of the website you gave us is Art Joker. <laughs> I, I know, but it was an NG newsletter. It, I trust NG newsletter, right? Like, no, the other the other things are perfectly reasonable, and <laughs> only joke on the page. But there's not even a ha ha next to it. How would I know? <laughs> <laughs> this is fantastic, Alyssa. It's the best thing I've ever seen. Thank you. <laughs> Well, all right. Please let me know. Promise me all of you will keep me up to date if you do find out it's legit because I would feel super silly. <laughs> all right. But only if you promise to teach me how to NG generate. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, thank you so much, Jakey, for coming on today. This has been great. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.